Welcome back to the WMAY Morning News Feed. Jim Leach filling in for Greg Bishop again today and tomorrow, and then things will be back to normal next week. We turn our attention now to Sangamon County Animal Control. It's been uh, under scrutiny this week after reports of uh, 17 or more cats that have died of a respiratory infection. Cats that all had been at one point housed at the Sangamon County Animal Shelter. Uh, People are looking at uh, that and now looking at other issues and allegations as well surrounding animal control, which falls under the purview of the Sangamon County. County Department of Public Health and Public Health Director Gail O'Neill joins us this morning. Gail, good morning. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Good morning, Jim. Thank you. Well, let's start with the cat sicknesses. There are other issues that are are surfacing as well, but let's begin with that. Again, uh, an upper respiratory infection uh, that has led to the deaths of 17, and now I'm being told actually maybe even more cats have died. Uh, And one thing they had in common was that they had recently been housed at the uh, the animal shelter. Uh, So is that the source? of this outbreak? What what do we know about that situation? Yeah, we're still looking to see where the actual source is. This is one of those communicable diseases that pops up from time to time. Um, you know, the cats that we get come from every place. You know, the public brings them in. Um, they're strays. They're, you know, um, so we don't know where they come from when they do come in. However, this um, appears to be, you know, certainly a communicable disease between the cats. And what's Interesting, although I've been trying to learn, catch up on all this, um, the terminology, is that the, the vets that have seen the, the cats, which we've had, you know, the most recent last Friday, um, they were deemed to be, you know, healthy or those that seemed like there was something going on had a, had a uh, medication. Um, we had vets care yesterday looking at the animals, too. It seems that this incubation period for the, um, the worst respiratory part, this pan, pan Luke or whatever else is going on, takes, you don't know it's there. It kind of sneaks up on you, and um, then, then the cats really seem to get sick and have a hard time recovering. Uh, but since they, the one thing these cats all had in common was that they were at one point at the shelter, uh, that would seem to be the source of the spread, in, unless I'm misreading that. Is there something in the, in the process as to how these animals are being brought in, how they're being kept there and kept in proximity with, with each other that is contributing to this problem and, and that needs to be changed? Yes, I mean the. It sure appears that they, um, the sick ones, are separated from the the other healthier animals or those that have recovered, and you know when they're put in individual um, cages, and they're all well cleaned, but they are in the same room. That um, often that they can breathe each other's air. Basically, um, we have several rooms available, but we don't have you know a giant facility to, you know, put them all in totally separate segregated areas. So it's kind of like you do with other diseases. Those that are sick kind of stay together. And we've had so many partners willing to help us in the community that um, they were taking the cats out to try to help cut this down and to see if we could, you know, what was going on. So, yeah, the thing they have in common is that they, I think for the most part, all spent some time in um, the Animal Control Center. Uh, now even some of those partners, though, are, are saying some uh, some pretty strong things about uh, Sangamon County Animal Control in the shelter there. Uh, the Friends of Sangamon County Animal Control even uh, was quoted in an article this week as saying that, uh, uh, that the county is putting profits ahead of you know the care of these animals. And there are a lot of other allegations that are surfacing, alleging mistreatment of animals, alleging uh, improper euthanization of animals in a way that's causing them to, to suffer 
tougher. Uh, what do you know about these allegations, and, and is there validity to them? There's, there's been allegations of us you know, not wanting to spend the money to take care of the animals, and I don't. Um, I know that one thing that, that we've had help with is the um, ability to provide a lot of vet care for animals that are sick and injured, and the, uh, you know, we've, we've done that for years. The uh, volunteers have helped, you know, all the organizations have helped, you know, if, if we had a situation where we were unable to take care of the animal. It hasn't really been uh, about the money. Um, some of us just just knowledge. The um, vet we had come in not too long ago in the last month said, hey, there's a better antibiotic. It's expensive, but it's what we prefer. Immediately we ordered it. I mean, that's been, when we are aware of something that will help the animals, um, that's certainly something that we take seriously. I mean, we're in the process of a huge, you know, kennel redo for the dogs, but the cats, we also changed cleaning supplies over a year ago with a, a more expensive cleaner that was, should kill all these things. So I don't think it's really... Um, I mean, it's per- probably perceived because it's a governmental a- agency, and we try to be very, you know, fiscally responsible. But nothing that's, you know, made the operation or the staff that, if there's a suggestion and if it's um, feasible, the county has done everything and will continue to um, invest in the care of the animals. Does the, the shelter other- does the shelter have a full time veterinarian on staff? It does not. It does not. That's one thing that it's. Um, we have a veterinarian. Um, Supervisor, overseer, um, Dr. Thornburg's been our, um, you know, kind of the medical consultant for the vet, you know, veterinarian. Uh, he'd like to retire from that someday, <laughs> but um, we have a couple part-time vets that are, that bring their, t- you know, time into us. But we do not have a full-time vet. Over the summer and uh, even early spring, we were working with APL trying to, and they had been looking for two vets. They've just gotten one. We kind of threw out, you know, if you can find some and if you know, the county can pay for half or whatever it takes to bring them here, we can certainly, we don't probably need a full-time vet, but we could certainly share one and um, share the responsibility financially for that as well. So we've been working with APL. So how often uh, is a veterinarian on hand there if you've got a couple of part-time, uh, how many days a week or uh, hours in a week would they actually be there to uh, provide care to animals? Currently, it's not at the level we'd like it to be, but we have two vets that we appreciate that come in weekly, so each of them does at least two hours a week. So four hours a week we have vet care. Um, we also have, you know, the ability to send any animals that, that need some to APL. We call up Dina, and, and that's taken care of. But we certainly would like to see, you know, more vet time, so we'll be asking for more partners. We do that, and it's, it's hard for the vets, too. They have their own busy practices. Uh, some of them had said, you know, you can bring your... You know, if we can't get there, well, you can bring them to us. But we certainly are um, willing and would appreciate more vet um, services. We we do pay them an hourly wage. That I think is reasonable. If not, they can tell us. But uh, if they can fit in a couple hours during their lunch hour or an hour, we'll take whatever we can get. Uh, Gail, to the the other allegations of of animals being mistreated, of euthanizations not being carried out properly, uh, are, are you aware of those allegations? And and what have you learned about uh, how, how valid they are? Well, the first time I heard about it was when someone sent me the Facebook message, um, which is a little disappointing. That doesn't give me give us time to see, and if something's been going on that's even – even it sounds gruesome. You know, it's a certainly something that we would not condone. Now, could somebody make a mistake? Maybe, but the I don't know that that's – yeah, certainly the people that provide euthanization at our facility have been trained by the state. They have licenses. 
I yeah, like I said, yesterday was the first day we heard of, of that, and it, it does sound terrible, and we are certainly checking into that. I don't believe there's any intentional animal cruelty going on there, but we're certainly not going to tolerate that. I understand there was a, a recent meeting that you were part of and other county officials as well where uh, some of these concerns were brought forward just about the overall level of care in the shelter and about how things are being run there. Uh, were, were those complaints brought to you directly and has anything been done in response to that? We've had um, some meetings and some, you know, looking at our, our processes and, you know, dealing with some staff concerns for quite some time, um, really intensively for the last couple months. Um, but, you know, nothing that's been as egregious as what has been um, alleged yesterday. Uh, this comes down to uh, a question of leadership, uh, and there are people who are raising concerns about essentially just how the shelter is being run there. Uh, is is there any look at changing the management structure or changing the staffing structure, other things that might uh, uh, fend off some of these problems in the future? Well, we always look at how our programs are running, and, um, you know, for individual personnel issues, I don't, you know, we don't kind of get into that with with everyone. Um, There's lots of knowledge and um, skill in the center, and we're working to make it the best we can be. So at this point, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I'm not totally sure. I've spent some time there. I'd I'd love to spend more there. But... um, yeah, so we, you know, we're going to do everything we can to improve. Uh, you know, uh, people uh, again, and a lot of this is on social media message boards. You have to, you know, take it for for what it's worth there. Uh, but there's a, a real sense of frustration. People saying, you know, we've tried to raise these issues; they're not being listened to. Uh, we understand that you know, folks have been reaching out to the county board. Some county board members have talked about uh, wanting to have a special meeting. Uh, are you aware of any plans for a, a, a special county board meeting or a committee meeting to delve more deeply? into this? Are these issues going to be dealt with and dealt with in a, in a sort of a public and transparent way? Oh, I believe they will. We've had um, any of the committees that, you know, help oversee the health department. Um, I'm trying to think. We discussed it, you know, last Thursday, um, any issues that were going on. I try to keep the county board aware of what's going on. We talked about it um, Tuesday evening at uh, the county board meeting. And, and before to try to, you know, say that we've got some, some concerns. We've been hearing some, you know, input from the community, and we certainly are um, follow, looking into these things. You know, the one thing we have had is a, is a, a shortage of uh, kennel attendants. We've had one of the, you know, long-term employees who's been on a medical leave for a couple years. You know, and this isn't a job that just anyone can do. We hired a couple animal control or not the um, – kennel attendance this last year, and it, they found that it just wasn't for them. So we're in the process of, of hiring another. We brought in a temporary person to kind of help with some of the, the duties that are more maintenance so that the two kennel attendants we do have can spend time taking care of the animals. So, we, you know, we know that there's and, – and the whole staff is pitching in to help. So and I'm, they're tired, and it's it's really a, a emotionally draining job to do too. Yeah, I saw the job posting for the kennel attendant. One of the things it says on it is must be willing to be certified in euthanization within a year. Uh, but obviously, euthanizations are, are going on you know m- much more regularly than that. Uh, do you have sufficient staff that is properly trained and certified in euthanization? Uh, I mean, is everybody who's doing it uh, you know capable of, of doing it the way it's supposed to be done? And yes, we have three certified, licensed um, euthanasia, I guess a tough word to say, technicians. Yeah. And um, 
we, we just think it's important for when we post these positions that they, people know we're up front. Um, euthanization is a really is a hard topic. It's um, something that sometimes just has to be done. You don't want animals to suffer. So we just want them to be aware, you know, come in, learn the job, and then within the year, um, you could be expected to be trained in, in euthanization. You um, you said you've been there. You've been able to, to look around the shelter. Have you seen anything that gives you concern in terms of cleanliness, in terms of humane treatment, in terms of, you know, what physical shape the animals seem to be in? I When I... Uh, heard about the uh, news coverage with the animal with the bleeding nose. I was, I was mortified like the rest of the public, so I went right over expecting to see, you know, a, a ghoulish-type scene um, with animals with that kind of thing going on, and I didn't see any of that. I did see some that, you know, had a, a little um, mucus on their face, so they obviously had something health-wise going on. Um, they were, you know, in their own cages. They had food. They, you know, they didn't, some of them didn't feel well, but I did not see the the horrible scene that I kind of expected from um, just the first uh, reports to me. So, and then the facility, you know, was, was clean. We, um, you know, people are working. I mean, but this is like a communicable disease. Every little bar has to be open. We had, you know, staff there, volunteers there helping, you know, wipe down all the, uh, the cages where the cats go. But they share air in some of the rooms where the sick cats are. You know, we don't have uh, 10 rooms available. We have about six, and we can separate the, the healthy cats from those that appear to have some respiratory issues going on. Gail, we'll continue to uh, to follow this with you, Gail O'Neill, Sangamon County Director of Public Health. Before we let you go, uh, just real quickly, because usually when we're talking to you, we are talking uh, COVID. Uh, I know uh, booster shots are, are now uh, happening. We may soon get approval for uh, boosters for Moderna. We don't have that yet. Uh, and also looking at the possibility of adding vaccinations for kids 5 to 11 here within the, the next several weeks. Uh, what's happening right now with vaccination numbers, both in terms of boosters and in terms of you know people who are belatedly taking their initial steps to get vaccinated are we seeing an uptick we are a slight uptick um you know we were seeing about 30 people a day for a while when it was kind of you know slowed down now we're getting closer to 80 to 90 which is good a day 60 80 it's a good surprise when that happens and some of it is third doses boosters um, we are preparing ourselves for, you know, the younger children. Um, we believe a lot of people will want that vaccine, and we've kind of talked about sometimes five-year-olds are a lot smaller. It's probably not a good idea to do that in the drive through so we're preparing for whatever can happen next. We're ready to um, address it. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we see vaccination numbers that the, the state reports. Are, are you breaking out and separating out the number of doses that are boosters versus first or second doses? Because uh, that would be an interesting stat to keep track of. But I don't know that I've seen that breakdown anywhere. Yeah, we haven't had that yet. I, I will check with our staff and see if they do. We're really trying to make sure that we don't uh, discourage people from being vaccinated with all these rules on you have to have this to get this booster and we've tried to not be too um, restrictive so, so if someone you know um, with the Pfizer meets the guidelines and they tell us they do for a lot of reasons we just you know provide them the vaccine so I need to check to see if we're keeping track of the boosters that certainly would um, be an interesting number. There was also a report this week about how uh, school outbreaks are being reported and that uh, we may have had a situation where an outbreak at a local school may have been overstated because of some sort of data entry error. Uh, what What's being done to ensure that doesn't happen again? 
Yeah, we're checking our processes. We get busy with, with dealing with the schools and the, the volume of, of cases, and it's our responsibility to put the information into the, the um, outbreak reporting system for the state, and we just sometimes get a little take to forget to take it out, and I think that's what happened in this case. You, the outbreak doesn't end until 30 days have passed, and there's been no more cases associated with that, so I think it was just a matter I think it's cleared up now, but now that you say that, I'm going to double-check on that, too. Gail O'Neill, Sagamon County Director of Public Health. Listen, we appreciate your time. We will follow up on this situation with animal control, so we'll be in touch soon. Thanks again this morning. Thank you, Jim.